The UPMC sports medicine experts in Central PA are here to help keep you in the game and improve your quality of life, no matter your age or activity level. Visit upmc.com slash centralpa sportsmed to learn more. Welcome to another edition of PA High School Football Report. We are powered by Ten Live, and we are surprisingly close to the end of the 10-week regular season. One intriguing month remains to secure division titles and, more importantly, a spot inside the District 3 playoffs. I am Eric Epler, alongside colleague Dan Sostek, a Pitt alum, probably has an opinion on the early steps of Kenny Pickett's career in the NFL. So how you doing, Dan? Hey, all three of those uh, interceptions were uh, charted as non-turnover worthy plays by Pro Football Focus. So, uh, yes, nothing wrong. I think they said he was the first player ever in a debut, or might have been even ever to uh, not a single pass touch the ground, ten for thirteen with three picks. So, with three uh, picks. So it was a fun, much better than watching Pitt lose to Georgia Tech. So, oh, I know that was yeah. a bad one. At that least Eastern Michigan, uh, your Eastern they Michigan. They took out UMass, yeah, after getting throttled last week. Bounce yeah. back win. Good for it. Good for uh, all of Ipsy. Well, you know, you know how much to celebrate in Ipsy. So, you know, <laughs> yeah. we, take, we take anything. Yeah, take anything. exactly. All right, Dan, we got a splendid 20-minute, uh, 30-minute here for the prep uh, for prep football fans. Now, um, a former colleague turned PR guru and marketing guru or COO, Whatever was the case, he used to say to me every year, Dan, that you do not, do not, under any circumstances, peak at the District 3 power rankings until after week eight. So, of course, we're going to go rogue today. We're going to break that rule. And uh, we're going to identify some key matchups down the regular season home stretch that will matter uh, in terms of qualifiers and seeding uh, for the District playoffs. So, like I said, just four and a half. Weeks away from the start of that, those shindigs. Um, and we're also excited, too, to have a couple of West Perry Mustangs joining us uh, in about 12 minutes. It's senior center and defensive tackle Josh Trossel uh, and head coach Bob Bowden will join us here uh, right about 12, yeah, about 12, 13 minutes from now. Josh is a dual, dual basically a dual-sided anchor for the Mustangs. Yeah. Uh, if you haven't noticed, they've been lighting it up. Uh, on the scoreboard, they are a perfect 6-0. and Only seven of the 92 high school football teams in District 3, Dan, remain unbeaten. And obviously, Russ Perry is one of them. So we're excited about that. So you ready to talk some dist- uh, District 3 power ratings? Yes, I am. All right. So most of you know that 2010, uh, don't quote me on this, but I think it was 2010-2011 season uh, is when District 3 went to the power rating formula, uh, which basically calculates a team's weighted win percentage, which is equal to 55% of your number, um, with the opponent's weighted winning percentage, which is the other 45%. Uh, it took a lot of years to get used to it. Yeah. Because so many were used to the old system. You win, you get this amount of points, you add the bonus that you get for classification of that opponent, done. The arithmetic was very, 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 very simple. You draw on a napkin and you could predict who was going to probably make the playoffs. Problem was that teams were often undefeated and not making the playoffs. <laughs> so that became a problem. Hence the power rating system that they went to. Uh, District 11 at, at that point was using one that basically 
we based ours off of. We meaning District Three um, and District One, and pretty much everyone uses some form of a power rating system now. Um, so essentially, what it did, Dan, too, was just to provide a truer sense of a team strength to schedule. That's really what it did, and it, you know, and obviously that changes week to week, which is a big part of the formula, and and the part that kind of gets lost a little bit on the public. You know, they think, okay, well, let, if I'm just looking at, let's say, a big spring who's three and three, uh, so that should be calculated such. Well, not exactly, because maybe big spring bait, you know, their three wins were against te- all three teams were five and one. That's way more significant than if they would beat teams that were 0 and, so, 0 and 6. So, so that's what it does. And it keeps that, it calculates and it, and it continues to work. So no longer would you reward the simple points and bonus things. It's all powering for me. So where does District 3 now? This is with the time when people start to see, okay, where might we stack up? Um, and the significance too really is about what? Home games. Yeah. You know, hosting a game. And now... Uh, because the landscape of, of high school football in PA, more and more uh, places have gone to the higher seed gets to host through the semifinals. Well, last year was the first year we continued that District 3 made the decision to play all the way through yeah. in the district. So your district championship games are now being held um, at places like Land Peter Strasburg or places like Steel High. Uh, and so forth. So, um, so it's significant to get a high seat, particularly the one seat. So, Dan, let's let's start. We're not going to talk about one A because if you know, there's only three teams. So, Steel High could literally spend the next month at the beach, hanging out, and and they're still going to be the top seed. They're still going to host the championship game. Yeah. So let's start. Let's try to start in two A here. Um, I think the spark out of Trinity the last couple of weeks, Dan, has made this a little bit more intriguing than what it was two or three weeks ago. Yeah, I, I mean, it's it's the Camp Hill Trinity game that's coming up on October 14th uh, at Camp Hill. It's going to be a big game. I mean, right now Camp Hill's sitting at the top of the 2A, uh, the 2A power rankings. And, uh, I mean, we, we've said it a bunch. We we did not peg them to to be there. It's been a great job by Coach Tim Bigelow. Yep. Uh, Drew Brandsetter's done a really good job at quarterback for them as a sophomore. but. That Trinity game, Trinity is kind of one of those three and three teams that's, you know, they're a mystery box because they're young. They still, have, like, for the first half of the season, they were still kind of figuring out who their guys were. And it feels like right now they're sort of starting to find a little bit of a groove. They beat Boiling Springs. They beat Big Spring. They've um, This is their uh, Middletown, uh, their Middletown week, so they don't have a game this week. And then they'll be off to Camp Hill next week. So they'll be riding some momentum going into that game. And Camp Hill, you know, just kind of been workmanlike, grinding out these 10 7, 20 17, 26 12 wins. Uh, they did lose the big spring. So if you like playing that, uh, that arithmetic game, Trinity would have the advantage there. But that's not how, that's not how football works. Um, so I, that's going to be, it's going to be a bigger game in two way than I think a lot of people anticipated uh, going into the year. Absolutely. Yeah. And Anvil Kiona right now is person number two. They're an interesting side because they're obviously hugely rush heavy, nearly 300 rushing yards per game. Uh, not much balance there. They, they don't, they don't uh, sugarcoat it. They are what they are. They like to run it. And, um, but it's interesting when you're going to look at all four of the teams that are going to qualify here, all four are just slightly 
different versions offensively. Yeah. They're just slightly different. And um, and most are still sort of trying to find cons- most consistency on defense, too. Yeah. Camp Hill probably has been the closest to kind of figuring it out defensively. Um, but it, it'll be it, – yeah, you're right. It's going to be a lot more exciting than than I think most anticipated. Yeah. Certainly I anticipated. Uh, and it has it has everything to do with Trinity. Yeah. So let's move on, uh, Dan, to 3A. Um, we're going to talk a lot about this class over the next four weeks. Um, and for me, too, uh, we're going to talk to two guys who are involved in the team that could just – could well, they're not going to just spice this up, but they can do some damage in this in this in this three A. So is Wes Perry. Yep. I I mean I'm not saying this just because there are guests on our podcast there this week. I'm not sure okay. there's a better story in the mid pen this year than the West Perry Mustangs because it's one thing for you know kind of a smaller town like a close knit community type team to have a good season, you know, where they're six and zero after six games, but that's it. It has not felt like that. They felt like a powerhouse blue blood program demolishing team this year they are i believe their closest game was around a 20 point deficit or something like that they are just destroying teams they're right now number three in uh 3a which is you know the the dominated by why i'm missing in recent years and they're still six and oh two and probably in most um in most corners still the favorite to win but i mean west perry man they're it's so uh, I I'm just I got to see him last week. It's been really cool to watch Marcus Quaker, Trent Herrera, Josh Trossel, those guys, you know, really get it going. Yeah, and the chase for the sixth spot in three A two is gonna be interesting. Um I, I you know, it, it it's likely it's likely gonna come down between Upper Dolphin and Burke's Catholic. Yep. And it's interesting because Upper Dolphin's sitting there, you know, with two more wins and but Burke's their their strength of schedule has been really, really good. They're not probably not expected to beat Lampeter Strasburg this week. So you're looking at a two and five team, but I don't expect them to fall from that seven, six, seven window uh, just because LS obviously is a, is a really strong five, a school or four, a program too. So I think probably in two weeks, one game that's going to hinge too big is up and off in Juniata. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously Juniata doesn't have to worry about it. They ship off to district six for their postseason, but um Upper Dolphin may be facing a a, a, a must-win situation there to kind of have the you know have the potential to, to get in at either five or six. So the problem with Upper Dolphin is they you know they they get stung a little bit by the strength of schedule. Yeah. Um. But fortunately, uh, some teams in the Liberty, obviously, that would typically be you know uh, five hundred clubs or above, like a Newport, um, you know, just are, are struggling right now yep. to have it. So so okay. we'll see about Upper Dolphin, but uh, you know. Having a team like Upper Dolphin too is always it, it'll be it'll make that bracket a lot better. Brady Morgan's one of the most underrated yep. players in the mid pen too, and they've also got that game um, on October twenty first against Big Spring at Big Spring too, which you know you never know what their record's going to be at that time. Maybe maybe that's a chance to pick up. That'd be a pretty pretty sizable task for them, but you know they've been pretty good this year, so you never know. Exactly. All right, Dan, we're going to take a quick break. Uh, when we come back, we're going to welcome in a couple of West Perry Mustangs. Coach Bob Bowden and uh, defensive tackle and uh, center Josh Trossel will join us. The UPMC sports medicine experts in Central PA are here to help keep you in the game and improve your quality of life, no matter your age or activity level. Visit upmc.com slash Central PA sports med to learn more. 
All right, as we mentioned earlier, seven District 3 franchises remain unbeaten. So we are tickled to have a couple of standouts from one of those teams, West Perry Mustangs. We welcome in two-way lineman Josh Trossel and head coach Bob Bowden. Gentlemen, thank you so much for giving us some time. And uh, how are you? Great. Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Good to be here. We, uh, I'm going to start with Josh, coach. I hope you don't mind. We, we, we all know, Josh, that the guys who score the touchdowns get most of the ink. Um, but, uh, but not today. We're, I'm thinking about some of the, some of the names we uttered in the preseason, uh, when we were doing, uh, West Perry's preview and, you know, Delisio and Gutschall and, and, and Snook on and on yourself. What's been the secret sauce for this, uh, for these guys up front so far? Oh, really? I think it's just we're playing together. We really wanted to have a good season. So the team aspect, you know, we're like, we want to be the toughest guys on the team. We want to pound it down your city as hard as we can. Yeah, exactly. Um, coach, um, you know, we, we know that you can, you, you got uh, yourself, you got a coaching staff that can coach these guys up. But I wanted to sort of ask you the same question. I mean, is there anything sort of that you saw in this group? I mean, obviously you got a good bunch of seniors and a good bunch of upperclassmen to kind of guide this team, but anything you saw maybe in the off season, you know, deep January, February that you could have kind of saw this start coming. Well, we even saw this a long time ago. Uh, my offense coordinator, coach Quaker and myself go down and help out with the midget program. And uh, we saw Josh's team down there and these guys have stuck together. And that, that's the part that he kind of talked about that, you know, you need talent, but if you have talent and they don't play together, it doesn't help you at all. These guys play together. They hang out together. They love each other. You know, they, they, they get on each other a little bit, a little bit of ribbing and stuff like yeah. that. But when push comes to shove, we, we all have each other's backs. And that's an awesome thing to have on the team. Yeah, Dan here. Following up on that, do you think continuity is almost sort of underrated in high school football, that just having guys who have played together for a while that kind of have that knowledge, just either for Josh or Coach, just, you know, having that understanding of how you guys play with each other. I mean. Last year, you had a good season. You make the playoffs, give Middletown a tough game. Don't pull it out, but play play competitively. Do you think having that continuity, going to battle with those guys for multiple, you know, multiple seasons, how much of a benefit is that coming into this year when you have all that those reps? Yeah, I think it's huge. You know, we've all been playing together for like 10 years now, and we all go out there for each other. It's not – no one's for themselves. Like, you see these big schools, not pointing any fingers, but <laughs> – you know, they're like, oh, I want to get this offer. I want to do this. or I want to make this play. I think we all, as a team, want to make plays together, and we want to be the best team we can be, so that really helps it out. For sure. And I know we said we're going to talk about the linemen and, uh, you know, the not-so-glamorous positions, but we'd be remiss without talking about Marcus Quaker at quarterback. He's been so dynamic for you guys. As a lineman, Josh, are you ever, you know, sort of amazed by some of the plays he does? I mean, I was, I was at your game last against Boiling Springs. There are a couple – couple um you know turns of the corner where you don't think he's got the angle and he just kind of speeds up i mean he's got to be i'd argue been the most impressive dual threat quarterback uh in the mid pen so far this year uh are there is that just what you expect out of him or do you see still surprise you sometimes yeah he does surprise me like sometimes if we accidentally don't block someone and they get through and we i just look back i'm like oh mark he's already 30 down 30 yards down the field and he's gonna score so it is it is it is nice yeah, it's good to see him. Uh, Josh, this is for you, too. It's uh, I, I'm also convinced that running back Trent Herrera, and I know I know he's a, a smaller statue, 
uh, stature, five foot six, uh, 150 pounds, whatever it is. But I'm convinced that he could probably start along the offensive line or defensive line and probably do pretty darn well just because of the way he attacks the game of football. Am, am I right in assessing that? Yeah, he's like that little chihuahua, you know, that little ankle biter. He's ready to go out there and go get it done. So, yeah, I, th- I think def- maybe not start, but <laughs> right. definitely, definitely help. That's <laughs> offensive to an offensive lineman to say he would start. But yeah. I don't know, man. He adds, well, we'll say he adds depth to the offensive line if, if coach needs him. Uh, coach, um, <laughs> we talked a little bit about accountability earlier in the season, too. Uh, and Josh sort of referenced that as well as everybody sort of taking taking you know assignments and uh, and actually you know the, the ego is somewhere way over the mountain for you guys there there just isn't many egos. I also noticed too that when when things have gone wrong and not much has gone wrong for you guys so far, I think you'll admit it is just it's always next play mentality. Um, when did this group sort of make that switch that you could obviously you know, it's almost like, I don't want to say you don't have to coach them, but, and point out mistakes because they almost know when they've done something wrong. So when, when did this, these, this group make that switch? Yeah, I think uh, early on, we did some things over the summer. We went, went to some camps and did some uh, seven on seven things and 11 on 11 things. And I think those guys, uh, and we, we kind of told them as a coaching staff, we said, Hey, you guys need to take over. You guys need to make sure people are here. You guys need to be, it's your team yeah we still coach it but we'll be here again next year you seniors this is your team and and they've held each other accountable they make other people come to uh, practices they make people go to weightlifting session you know and and it's uh so i think it started early even before the season and we finally i hate to say we didn't have any adversity during the season but last week we you know seven to seven in the first quarter boiling springs drives down your throat uh puts the ball mm-hmm. in and, and these guys didn't bat an eyelash they went right back in on offense you know, drove the ball. Uh, we made some adjustments on defense and they, they played really well. So they do hold each other accountable and, and they're not afraid to say anything to each other. They're like, Hey, you need to, to do this. Yeah, Josh, that's an important aspect of this too. When you guys, when you, when you can point out to your partner or you got the lefty or righty uh, or even behind you say, listen, you know, you need to step it up a little bit. That, that doesn't often go well. It's not a smooth, you know, conversation to have, especially on the field when everything's happening at once. Do you, you guys all feel comfortable doing that? Yeah, I think I think we have that brotherhood, that mentality. That we have each other's back. So if we mess up, we're going to hold ourselves accountable for it next week. Is there a unit, and this, this is for both you guys, is, it, is there a sort of a, uh, a part of the team, too, that may be excelling maybe even more so than you thought to this point? I mean, I know obviously six weeks in feels like a lot, but it's, you know, there's a lot of football to go. Is there sort of a unit or maybe even a, a, a player or two that has really sort of taken two or three steps up a lot faster than you guys might have thought? Yeah, I'd, I would say defensively, as good as our offense is, our defense has been, been shutting people down and doing a good job. I think our we thought our defensive line could be good, but I think they're exceeding expectations. Uh, Holden Bassett at linebacker, he's tearing it up. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's doing a really good job of uh, timing up blitzes perfectly. And I uh, got to give a shout out to my dogs, my outside linebackers. <laughs> uh, Ian Goodling and Brad Hawkenberry are shutting the outsides down, which which was huge against Trinity because they had some speed. And if they get out on the corners, yep. they're, they're gone. And those two guys shut them down. Yeah. And I wanted to, uh, Josh, go ahead. Do you have any, 
Anyone in mind, Josh? Yeah, I was going to say our defense. You know, everyone saw our offense last year. We had a lot of returning players, and they're like, oh, this offense. But no one had that expectation that our defense is going to be excelling. So that's really cool. And you mentioned uh, Ian Goodling. He's someone that kind of we, – we mentioned every – it feels like every week on this podcast has been someone that, you know, kind of goes a little under the radar, but he he does everything for this team. I mean, he's the kicker. He's uh, one of the best defenders on the team, one of – the top weapons. I mean, he kind of, it feels like symbolizes it kind of represents that versatility. That's feels like it's all throughout your team. I, I kind of joked on Twitter that he had a, he had, um, you had Gutshaw running the ball wearing number 61. I mean, yeah. that's just the kind of football West Perry's playing. Is that, is that something that you feel like makes your team special is having all these guys that can do a lot of different things. Like even Josh, obviously a two way lineman. We know a lot of guys, can, a lot of guys do that in the league, but Josh is one of who, kind of excels on both ends. Um, do you think that versatility is another thing that separates you guys? Yeah, I, I think we have some players that uh, Ian was a safety last year, mm-hmm. and now he's up an outside linebacker. We, we even joked around the offseason, he could probably play anywhere on defense and be good at it. Yeah. Maybe not in the defensive line, <laughs> but maybe be a, like a backup. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> you know, it's good to have players like that. You know, Marcus Quaker could easily be uh, a slot wide out, yeah. you know, if we need it. Quarterback right here. Uh, yeah, quarterback right here with Josh. He may be a backup, but uh, yeah, it, it is good to have that versatility. We call them the Swiss Army Knives. We have a couple yeah. kids that we feel are Swiss Army Knives that can play, you know, three or four different positions if we need to. And we know you guys don't want to look ahead. You got Big Spring this next week, but we'd be remiss not to, you know, kind of got ourselves look a little bit ahead to that final game of the year that I'm sure – Deep down, if we gave you a truth serum, you'd say it's a little bit – it's been circled on the calendar just as, you know, a measuring stick, and that's the steel high game. I mean, granted, you have the two games ahead, but is there a part of you that, you know, is really looking forward to that challenge going against, you know, a quarterback like Alex Irby who's got those Division One offers, all that talent on the team, you know, a team that's won a state title recently. Is that something that you feel like is going to be a pretty big measuring stick for your team, especially that it's going to come right before you guys go into playoffs? Yeah, you know, I'm not going to lie. I've been looking forward to that game. Uh, ever since ever since I saw him on the schedule, I'm like, this is going to be a really tough game. You know, Not that any other game isn't tough. Yeah. But they have they have those twin brothers that are very impressive. And, you know, it's just – it's great to – it's a great test to see where we are going in the playoffs because they're a high-caliber team. So, yeah, it really gives us a good look. Yeah, I'll give you a little bit of coach speak. You know, you, you take <laughs> one, one game at a time, and, and Big Spring is coming into our house this week. And they're a good football team. Yeah. So we got to play that one. And then we're, we uh, got a game at North Penn Mansfield the next week. And Camp Hill, Camp Hill's playing good football. You can't really overlook anybody getting there. We can't, can't keep our eyes on Steel High right now when you've got other people coming in that are pretty good teams. But, yeah, the Steel High game, we're hoping it'd be nice to be undefeated going into that one. Yeah. Uh, that, that game will be something special. We might have, we might have a couple reporters there. Um, <laughs> that's, that's a- yeah. Coach, I wanted to ask, too, this is uh, ninth season for you as head coach. Is that correct? Yes. And it's been almost, well, I guess 26 or 27 uh, in the area there. I mean, you know, we'll all have time, you know, before Christmas to settle up and decide on what, where this group ranks for you. Um, So I won't ask you that question now because there's a tremendous amount of football left. But, I mean, the way this is all unfolding um, and again, it's not, it, nothing's easy. You still have to coach in this and that. Um, is this better than you thought 
right now in week six. Yes. Yeah, definitely better. We, uh, we're talking about, you know, it'd be nice to go into like week seven, week eight at like six and I was obviously would be right. Perfect. But you know, if we're five and one or like six and one, seven and one, that's good too. We, we thought it, it always just seems like somebody creeps up on you. And you don't know who's going to be there. We had right. Junior who's playing really good football, um, Trinity, Oiling Springs. And this is a, a great spot to be in. I, I think, our kids, I, I think we've always expected it, but I think our kids have exceeded those expectations, not just by beating people, but we're beating people handily. Yeah. Well, gentlemen, I uh, certainly want to appreciate or uh, thank you for, uh, for giving us some of your time. Obviously, it's, uh, these weeks go fast. A lot of preparation for you guys. And uh, Josh, best of luck to you and the squad down the stretch. We'll thank be you, keeping man. an eye on you. We'll have plenty of time to talk about uh, – why missing in Lancaster Catholic and teams like that down the road. So uh, one game at a time will take you, right? Absolutely. Yeah, I still got some mahi for you. Hey, <laughs> I'm looking forward. I will call you next time I'm coming up. Yeah, absolutely. I'll have it in the freezer. Because I don't get there early enough for the chicken soup. It's always gone. So the, <laughs> I'll, take, I'll take the mahi. All right. Sounds good. <laughs> Thanks, gentlemen. Good luck. Thanks, yep. Thanks. Take care. All right, Dan, we're back. Uh, we were talking a little District 3. We want to thank Bob Bowden and Josh Trossel once again for joining us uh, here in the pi- our high school uh, football report. Uh, down the home stretch we go. Let's hit, uh, let's hit these last three classifications for some District 3 power ratings. Class 4A, we will watch. Um, I, I guess to me, it's are we going to watch the District 3 final at Red 2 in Mannheim or are we going to watch it at Rock Hortensia Stadium? in the Harrisburg suburbs. I mean, do you see any other scenarios uh, that sort of make sense to you? Through I could try weeks? to, you know, make some good radio and uh, yeah, spell it out for you, but no, I don't. <laughs> I mean, I, I think like, I think this is just going to end up being an uh, arithmetic question. You know, like, I think it's going to end up being does Bishop McDevitt. I mean, you don't want to, you don't want to write in these wins the next few weeks, but, but right, of course, if you, if we write in the wins for the next few weeks, that, you would think that a team like McDevitt, who is pretty much in the mid pen, nothing's been close. I mean, they were up 62 nothing uh, at halftime last week. Uh, if you write in these wins, it's the Hershey, Redland, Mifflin County, Lower Dauphin are the uh, remaining games. Uh, not a ton of wins and losses, you know, among that group, but it will still, you know, winning is still winning. Um, I think it's just going to come down to, it's going to come down to that math, but I think, I, I don't think McDevitt will be intimidated if they have to go on the road, but they might have to. It, it might just uh, work out that way because Mannheim Central, uh, the the schedule probably it's going to hinge on their Exeter game against Exeter Township, which is a really good team. Yeah. Um, so I think yep. if Mannheim can beat Exeter, I'd be very surprised if they're not the top seed. But again, I could be totally wrong in this because I'm terrible at math, and that's why I'm uh, paid to write for a living, and I can't figure this stuff out of my head. So. I could be completely off on this as well. So don't uh, listen to listen to the likes of, you know, uh, Eric Epler, who I've, I heard has a degree from MIT. <laughs> yeah. Maybe yeah. in another life. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. I mean, we certainly don't want to, you know, dismiss uh, Lampier Strasburg either. Obviously, it sits in between uh, right now in that. But, uh, you know, McDevitt knows LS pretty well from a few years back when they uh, when LS came in and beat him. But. But uh, but yeah, right now I just there's there's two powerful teams in that classification. Uh, one of them is going to be the top seed, in my opinion. 
The other big, the other nice storyline too is Susquehanna yep. Township. I mean, right now they're inside the top ten. They're at number seven. Uh, I I don't see a real push uh, from anybody beyond ten, uh, which I believe is Elko right now. But the Indians probably need two more wins, sort of just to feel safe. I think that would be, uh, you know, judging their uh, judging their strength of schedule. I think they would be all right at yeah, five and got, five. And they've got. Um, some- to, to make yeah, it they've in, got so. some chances too. I mean, their last four games they got Greencastle, Northern York, East Pennsylvania, and Gettysburg, and those are those are four tough games. But I wouldn't say those are yeah. four games that I completely write them out of or anything either. I mean, they were actually pretty competitive against Shippensburg. They were moving the ball well. They couldn't finish drives, and they gave up a couple touchdowns in the fourth quarter. It was a twenty-one-seven game, or, or I believe a two-score game in the second half of that game. So I mean. Uh, that would be a big, I think that would be a big thing for that program, you know, get back in, uh, get even just get to the playoffs, kind of build some excitement around, around that program that's been down for a couple of years. Absolutely. All right, let's go right to 5A yet. Or uh, Dan, um, uh, to me, there's a couple surprises here. Uh, we're just going to list them now because in 5A, you're looking at 12 teams qualifying and it is a free for all. The last four weeks are going to be just very, a lot of chaos involved. Uh, right now, to me, Gettysburg sitting at number four. That's a surprise to me, even though we expected uh, Gettysburg to to kind of uh, kick a little dirt uh, down there in the Colonial Division, uh, walking in. Uh, five and one at number four. I wasn't sure I'd ever see them that high, but there they are. Shippensburg down at number eight. We expected them to be higher at this point, but uh, two straight losses for the Greyhounds. Dover at four and two. That was a surprise to me right now at 11. So they they're inside, and of course, uh, lowered off in four and two right now at number ten. Uh, not a huge surprise to where they sit because uh, we saw them build some traction last year. But uh, but again, it's been it's been a while since they haven't had to fight and claw till week ten to kind of get in that picture. And it, it was always like you're either in or out based on week ten. Uh, that might not be the case for the lowered off and Falcons. They may be able to secure a spot here uh, well before week ten. So those are the surprises for me. Any well, for you, I just think looking at Gettysburg and looking at Chippensburg, this kind of is, it's a great case study on how fickle these power rankings are. Gettysburg, Chippensburg play last week. Gettysburg kicks a game-winning field goal as time expires. You know, they don't make, they don't make that field goal. They go to overtime. Chippensburg wins. Rankings are completely flipped. Chippensburg might get a home game now instead of, a you know, being on track to, um, you know, maybe play on the road. It's a, it's, it's every game matters. and. I think that's uh I think that's uh you know kind of it's a good good lesson but I think um the two teams right below the 12 spot um that are uh interesting to me to watch as the season ends is uh, Greencastle and Northern York cuz again another example yep. of those you know close games that flip uh ratings is Northern barely lost to Dover and that's that's a difference between 11 and 14 Greencastle just lost to Northern but um they're still ahead of Northern for right now I mean, those are two colonial teams that have manageable schedules the rest of the way. Um, Northern already has a win over Shippensburg, so they might even have a little, you know, less room to go. But they, uh, I just think I think that there's a little bit of wiggle room down there at that 12 through 15 spot. All right. Last class, 6A. I'm just I'm literally just going to sit back and watch this one yeah. unfold. Uh, in the end, I do think Harrisburg uh, takes over the top spot. Uh, at the deadline, the district deadline, uh, the defense just makes life miserable for everybody, uh, everybody else. It's the strongest defense in the district. Uh, the Cougars are probably going to be favored in all the remaining games. 
Uh, and quite frankly, that might include the state college game too. Maybe it's an even battle. Um, but this is just a really strong Cougar squad that's, that's showing it, it's, it's, it's been very fluid, the, pro- the progress that they've made, um, especially since Coach uh, Everett got back to the sidelines here. Uh, it, you know, for me, if you love mystery, you're going to love this because right now nobody wants Wilson or nobody wants your kind yeah. of gain entry into these things because at any moment these teams could, and they're, they're just building steam, building steam. It's been a little tougher for York high because uh, their schedule's great. And they still have Dallas town Southwestern and central York, all teams that are right there in the mix uh, left to go. So they have some work to get to do, but Wilson right now seems like they are, you know, finding ways just to keep this thing going. And remember it's probably five straight wins now. since uh, since that opening week loss. Yeah, so. and, uh, I mean, We've still got Cumberland Valley sitting at the top, despite the, I mean, in Harrisburg missing a game kind of, uh, but uh, Cumberland Valley, even though their loss is the Harrisburg, they're still sitting at the top. Both those teams still have to play state college, like you mentioned. So you can view that as a, yep. you know, down thing, downside, or you can view it as, Hey, this is a chance to pick up some, pick up some ground or develop some ground. Um, the, one of the things that, uh, you know, sticking out to me is, I mean, I've kind of buried central dolphin, uh, not buried, but, Kind of, yeah. Wrote them off a little bit after the slow start of the year. They're right there, you know. They're they're uh, they're at the eleven spot. They're some just a few powerful. A couple wins. I know they still have got Harrisburg on their schedule, but if they pull off an upset on Cumberland Valley um, this week, it, they're they are right in the mix once again because then they've got Altoona winnable game and CD East a winnable game, and then you know they missed the. It would be kind of poetic that they missed the playoffs last year after kind of being in pole position to make it all year. And then, you know, a program like this, as proud as Central Dolphin, the year that people kind of wrote them off and didn't expect them to make it, they make a final push and somehow get in there. So that's a team I'm looking out for in, um, in the mid-pen in uh, 6A. Yeah, massive game this week with Cumberland Valley for sure. They pull that up, say, yeah, a lot of things, a lot of things start moving for them. All right, Dan, that'll do it for this edition. Thanks for your time, buddy. I will see you uh, probably Saturday maybe. Uh, we run into each other every now and then, but, uh, enjoy your weekend, man. Thanks to our listeners. Uh, check out all the, uh, information, stories, features, standing scores, everything on Penn live. Uh, we'll have three or four guys out Friday night, uh, to give you all the action. So, uh, come back next week. The UPMC sports medicine experts in Central PA are here to help keep you in the game and improve your quality of life, no matter your age or activity level. Visit upmc.com slash central PA sports med to learn more.